Hey, welcome to the TVA Podcast with comedian Todd Van Allen and me, Darcy Fyan. This show is not work safe, not family friendly, and not to be taken seriously. Seriously. Thank you uh, for tuning in to episode 73 of the TVA Podcast. We are on location upstairs at Betty's. Uh, it was, we'll, we can get into the big, long, extrapolated tale of how we aren't at McVeigh's. We thought we were going to be there, but... Uh, we are here, we're in the upstairs area, uh, to my immediate right, Darcy Finder, our producer. Hello, Tom. And uh, across the table from us, a guy we've been wanting on the show for ages, and uh, he's finally How do you define here. ages? Uh, ages? Uh, as long as living memory. Oh, wow. You know, as long as we, as long as we wanted to do this thing, it's like, you know, <laughs> Dave's got to be on, Dave Martin is here, of Corktown Radio, his own podcast, um, who you uh, dropped us into. Uh, yeah, you. Uh, Episode eighteen. Uh, thank you, uh, Todd and Darcy, for having me on the show today. And and yeah, I guess I wanted to invite you guys down to the show just to see because I was so unclear. Like podcasting was something that I had zero experience in, mm. and I had no idea of how it worked. And I, I wanted you guys to come down and watch the setup that we had for Corktown. I was looking forward to coming down to your show and just seeing what the setup uh, was for your show. <laughs> and oh my God, uh, yeah. man, I, I don't know if we're stupid or elaborate or, or what, but no. we... Okay. You, right. you guys are I, actually I, professional. You no. actually have microphones and a studio and a mixer. And There's a, a lot guy. less, yeah, a lot yeah. fewer cables in yeah. this setup here. And uh, we're talking into a can. <laughs> and, our tech guy that, and our tech guy that has to report to a parole officer once a yeah, week. Yeah, that's... But, <laughs> We're not going to get into that, but I, I, I just, I, I love your, your, your minimalist uh, approach to podcasting uh, as opposed to our pain in the ass uh, really? way that we do things. Minimalism? This is, okay, so, okay, you look at your show, which is tantamount to uh, like a recording studio, like you go, I'm, I'm sure they have like less wiring at a Rogers studio or something like that, you know, you could go to the score, it's probably just like a digicam and, uh, you know, an iPod phone mic or something like that. Like you guys have a really, really nice elaborate uh, set up and yeah we're talking into two mp3 recording devices right now but the fact of the matter is that you know if, if when you when you listen to this um, when, when you listen to this show you, you have no idea of like I had no idea of what the setup was mm-hmm. and uh, and as far as our show goes I wanted to kind of and again, I had no idea of what went into a podcast, but mm-hmm. I just was starting at the bottom and just thinking, I wanted to create the atmosphere of a recording studio right. and at a radio station. So, you know, we have our, our announcers, Andy Borman, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm very insistent that he be a certain distance away from where the other guys are, just to create that sort of guy in the booth, yes. sort of... The, like the Conan, the Conan O'Brien announcer, you know, the yeah. Joel Goddard, the, yeah. um, or the guy from Laugh-In, you know, that guy. So, I'm having a stroke. Yeah. yeah like, yes. Uh, but, but no, like, I mean, I, you look at your setup, and you guys take a very different approach from what we did. I mean, like, ours was very much, and still is, as you can see by the two recording devices on the table in front of us, is very much a mother of invention, mother of necessity type setup. I mean, like, the only reason that we sort of started this thing in the first place is because we realized that we could do it over Skype. Right, and that became our our big thing. And, and as as we're getting more and more guests in, and, and like we want to, you know, talk to them more and not worry about cutting people off and that sort of thing, we got to get away from this. And so this is what has brought up these two, the Zoom twos and the Zoom H fours, to be able to allow us to like you know like talk face to face as right. opposed to yeah. You know, in some cases, like I don't know if you remember Wayne Turmel from way back in the day. 
of yachts. Yeah. Uh, he's been on the podcast now because right. uh, we've like reconnected and uh, he runs his own podcast. Uh, it, I believe it's a similar type setup like with a phone in. I don't think he's actually live face to face with them. No, definitely not. No. Yeah. The Cranky Middle Manager Show. Cranky Middle Manager Show. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah exactly. okay. he, he, well, he's out of the game. Oh. I don't know if you, I don't know, if you know. He's been out apparently for like 13 years. Uh, like out of doing comedy? Out of doing comedy. Oh, okay. And so now he is working on making people uh, in corporations. He's he's steering right towards the middle management tier. Right. Helping them do better web meetings, helping them do pres- better presentations, that sort of thing. Like making their PowerPoint presentations a lot more uh, effective and not a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. It was an interesting show. I liked that. That was yeah. And by far and away our longest one. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, you know, as much as I am the guy responsible for most of the, the tech end of our show, there's so much that I still do not know. Mm-hmm. And like being a part of the show, it's uh, help. You know, it's it's opened my eyes on how how elaborate you can get and how. I wish I had a better way of saying not elaborate, so, but how, how, how yeah, but, <laughs> Dinky. but really, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what your setup is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the end product that actually. Gets on the air that that's all that fucking counts in right. the end, and um, but it's sort of like you know I you know I'm, I'm fascinated by the devices that are in front of me, um, and but like when people throw you know technology in front of me, I'm just so quick to be just like Skype, yeah, yeah. I don't like I really even don't know what that is, yeah. Um, yeah, you know I saw something on the Oprah show about or she was talking to someone through Skype, and I know that you guys do things like that, mm-hmm. but I'm so. If if there was a, a course of the learning annex about just like nodding your head and pretending that you know what someone's talking uh-huh. about, that I should fucking teach that. Yeah. Because I'm the king of like. I remember like this is like when did Blackberries come out? Oh geez, uh, two thousand three, two thousand four. Okay. Somewhere. Is well, that okay. when society got all douchey? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's that's right. that's you know that's when people you know obsessed with the fact oh I got a Blackberry I can communicate with the world but not the person that's sitting right in fucking exactly. front of me. But, and then I remember that, like, I was at a show, um, and we were all sort of, uh, you know, the, the lack of audience was beginning to show up, and we were all sitting around, and then there was a guy, he's on the comic, uh, Jason, I forget his last name, but, but he was telling me some sob story about him, how he just lost his Blackberry, Ugh. and... I really had no idea. And you were congratulating him. Well, That's no, the bad, yeah. well, no, it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like I thought he was like trying to find some cute word of cute way of saying warts that he had lasered off or something right. like that. I just lost my black, but he was just like, um, no, I just lost my BlackBerry, and I was just like, I had no idea what he was talking about. I was like, right. oh wow, <laughs> and I couldn't. Am I supposed to be happy about right. this? Is this a bad thing or yeah. is this a good thing? And it wasn't like then, like you know, then like that night I went home and I was like, oh man, I got to figure out what a blackberry. Well, a blackberry is, and then I can lose mine and feel like a piece of shit. And, yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird. Like when you're in situations like like I remember uh, when I was uh, laid off from my job and it was like kind of the best thing that happens back in the case tech days. And I would talk to other buddies of mine. They said, oh yeah, you know, I just got laid off, and they were and you you'd be happy for them because you were elated at that point. They're like. Awesome. Good for you. He's like, no, I really don't know what I'm going to do now. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, that was a little <laughs> ill-planned. Um, but it wasn't... I, this is something I've noticed. I think it, it's not... I, I, I think it's not the BlackBerry itself that's the tool. It's the way that tool is used. Right. And I think this is a perfect example of like just how inter-office emails and memos has just made everything in office culture a lot more passive-aggressive than it really needs to be. Right. Um, 
Perfect example. I was in like an audience view. I was the the you know product guy, and I had project managers that were always wondering what the next thing was going to come in the product. And I shared uh, this the kind of two desks, one beside each other, and they, like literally, I could I could just extend if I yawned and stretched, I'd be hitting him in the head. Yeah, right? like we were that close. And I'm working away one day, and I get the signal. I've got a new email. I look up. It's from the guy sitting beside me saying, when's this next thing showing up in the product? And yeah. so I replied to him in the email and said, why don't you turn your head 90 degrees and fucking ask me? Yeah. And then no, I just wait for it to go to ether space, back to him. And he opens it up and I hear him chuckle. And then he emails me back, no, seriously. No, dude, answer me. Like, just <laughs> yeah. turn your head. Like, I'm right here. I'm a yeah. person. We can talk. There's a, I, I think... Um, the, the smarter people among them, and I'm, I'm trying to bring this in as well. Merlin Mann was the guy that sort of got me into this, another great podcaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever heard You Look Nice Today, I haven't. Part of his, is part of his, you can subscribe to that through iTunes. It's just three guys who, I guess, hooked up through Twitter or knew each other prior to that. They knew each other. Yeah. They knew each other prior to that. They're on Twitter, which is like a, just the status line out of Facebook. That's all that website is. Um, they have this podcast called You Look Nice Today, which is just this meta comedy mm-hmm type thing but he his actual day job is like going in and helping people with time management and productivity and one of the presentations that his i saw was something a, a concept called um uh, inbox zero right zero and what he says is there's like five tips on how you can have a pristine inbox and i thought because i'm always looking at this and you always feel like shit when you got like 50 emails and you see some of them are dating back from september and you just go Ugh, I really got to get to that at some point. But oh, here's like a new update from Facebook. I have to deal with that. It's like, no, shut yourself off from email for a bit. Learn how to defer, learn how to act on something right now, or move it to a folder that gets it out of the inbox and onto a list that is tangible, whatever your to do list is. Mm -hmm. So that way it takes it out of the inbox and you have to deal with it there, not on this communication device. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool. I think, well, I, I, I very much believe that the, uh, like the, the greater that our technology uh, allows us to communicate with people around the world, but I also think it, it creates a distance b- between the people that are you know, right next to you. you know? right. It's like um, you know, someone's head would, would cave in if they phoned someone and they weren't home and they had no idea how to get in touch with them. Right. Or just like, like remember the last time that you phoned someone and there was a busy signal? You know, it was like, you know, you were, you know it, it, it was like it was like the 1930s and you thought like Orson Welles was telling you that like aliens were landing. You're like, oh my God, a busy signal? Yeah. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Oh my God, you know, the world's caving in. What is, you know, it's just, I can't, it's, you know, as you know, you can communicate with everyone now, mm-hmm. and you can have your voice heard around the world. But you, it's, it's just there's a distance that you have between like you and you know the person mm-hmm. that lives next to you. And also, it's the idea that when people go out, they're so obsessed with capturing shit on their cell phones and on their video cameras that there there seems to be this lack of actually genuinely experiencing something mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. It's like, hey, am I going to enjoy this rock concert or am I going to be obsessed with trying to capture it on my video on my shitty yeah. cell phone camera yeah. and then I can email it to my friends later, but it's... Right. I, 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 that, that actually, that happened last night and I was guilty of this as well. I went and saw the wedding present at Lee's Palace. They're like an old, old kind of alternative band from way back when it's only the one lead singer who is actually still running the group but right. he brings in like other musicians to kind of you know fill out the pieces and they have this huge back catalog of, of, of material and people are yelling requests at him he's like you know us we don't do requests we don't do encores this is a set list deal right and um I just looked around the room and it was a whole bunch of doughy bald men so I fit right in 
and uh, you look around and all you're seeing is the glows of the iPhones and I was guilty of it myself I yeah. said you know what I wouldn't mind a picture of David Gedge in the wedding present that's kind of and it's a shitty photo right. it's a shitty photo but it, like it's my um, the, the first time I ever experienced this and I thought the guy was a complete idiot was at a craft work show a few years ago at Rico Center and it was the first time I saw someone with a camera phone Right, and uh, I see them and they're like taking the picture and I'm looking because I can see the picture on their screen and the picture of the stage where Kraftwerk is performing and it's the exact same picture I'm like dude you're right here yeah. Like what? Do you, and I guess I can understand it. I mean, like you know, with 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 wanting to connect and wanting to put your name out there, if you're using Twitter or or, or you know Twinkle or whatever the applications are that you can say. I have I no idea what any of those words mean. There, uh, it's it's part of this whole Twitter thing, which is uh, like I say, it's the it's a it's a website devoted to one single status line. Yeah. You get 140 characters of what are you doing at this moment. Oh, okay. And so some people say, oh, I'm eating lunch and I'm going to, you know, and some people use it to connect. Right. You know, you can find people in Toronto and go, hey, I'm going to the show too. You know, maybe we'll see you there. That okay. sort of thing. So, it's, you know, it's kind of fun. Um, myself and a few others you can see just try and use it as like a, like a vehicle for writing. Right. So, like, I sit here and go, I got 140 characters. How can I make this entertaining? Mm-hmm. Um, it usually isn't. See, I, I, I'm guilty of the same thing too. I I went to uh, uh, I went to the Drake and it was uh, Sean Collins show, the Sean show, mm-hmm. and he had um, Andy Kim was on, yeah. uh, the Canadian sort of Neil Diamond who was on, mm-hmm. and and he sang "Rock Me Gently," which uh, is the song. I guess you know when couples have a song. Mm-hmm. So this was the song he, that "Rock Me Gently" was the song that. My ex girlfriend and I shared, uh, and we were still going out at the time. So I take out my cell phone camera and I record some video, and I felt so dickish. But then at uh, the same time, I was sort of like, "Hey, well, I'm not going to so feel so dickish when I come home and I show her this video." And then I showed it to her, and she was like, "Who is that? I can't see a thing on that. Is that really him?" And then I'd be like, "Yes, it's him. Look what I did for yeah, you." Yeah. I felt I made myself look like a dick in public because uh, I recorded this Andy Kim on, on stage at the Sean Show. But I, but I know you want to. You want to capture it, but it just seems like there's this whole mentality of like my my memory in my head is not good enough anymore. I'm right. Gonna, it's, I, I did the exact same thing last night too. There was a, a song um, that they play called "Blue Eyes," which my brother and I used to jam out uh, on our guitars used and to play jam together. Out yeah, we used to jam out. <laughs> I uh, hey, if it got Can beyond three chords, if it got beyond three chords, I was dead. <laughs> Should put a Grandpa uh, Simpson voice on exactly. that. Exactly. We used to agree to do that. We used to jam out to the Boo Eyes. <laughs> On the wedding present, that was that was from Hit Parade One back in the day. Billy Joe Royal and them in the Boondocks. We would, they would, they would, they would play the monkeys on the other side of that Pleasant Valley Sunday. It was the cover version album that they did there, and um, so they start playing Blue Eyes, and I was like, you know, my brother's living in Canmore right now. He's got a kid now. I was like, he would really appreciate this. So I whip out the cell phone. I knew it was going to go straight to his answer machine because he never picks up. So I just dialed his phone number and just held it up and right. just let him hear. The song I was hearing right now is just like I was a bit douchey, but you know, still kind of cool. <laughs> I thought. I, I think it's. I mean, it, it's. I mean, there's pros and cons about it, mm. but it just doesn't. It's. It's a lot of people aren't good enough. It doesn't. It's not enough for most people these days to be like, "Hey, I went to this show and they played our song. Right. Wasn't that cool? And I thought of you." It has yeah. to be like, oh, well, how come you didn't get a picture? How come you didn't get on video? Right. How come you didn't do... It's like, well, because I was fucking having a good time. Yeah. I was like, I, I thought of you. Uh-huh. That's not good enough anymore. That's You know what it is? Uh, and, and, and here it is. There's there's a lot of technology that is brought in, and it always has been. I mean, like, no matter what the tool or implement that came in, there's a way to manage the use of it. 
Right. And then it's whether you're using that that uh, tool for good purposes or whether the, the, the function of the tool itself overtakes you. Uh, and I think we're seeing that with Blackberries. And I think I, I think some people are consciously you know, trying to peel back. It's like, okay, you know what? I'm not turning on the Blackberry because right. I don't need to get my emails. I mean, because this is fucking up my quality of life. And so I don't want to do that. Um, can't, like, anytime your car breaks down, you're glad you got a cell phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, or if you get into a car accident, you're it, glad I can take pictures of this accident that just happened. I, I don't need a witness. I have my cell phone as my second witness to this, yep. uh, this, uh, this car Or if the upstairs of McVeigh was trashed in a party last night and right. you can't record there now. And exactly. <laughs> Thank God there's a cell phone. Yeah, but you didn't even have day. one. Yeah. But this was the thing. I mean, th- this ask. is a perfect example of, of what happened. Darcy's cell phone was dead. We couldn't use McVeigh's as a venue because there was some cleanup issues or something like that. So. I got a hold of you on cell phone, boom, right. see you in Betty's, 20 minutes, awesome. Voicemail directly to you, next thing I know I'm getting a phone call from a pay phone. Yeah, you didn't get my email, right? Because you're... I didn't get my email. Because you don't uh, push your emails to your uh, I, iPhone? I don't. Yes. I don't. See? That's what I was hoping for. I, was, I stood around and I waited and I found um, an unsecured uh, access point. Right. And I was able to get on and, and send you an email, but then I knew, eh, Todd's too cheap to have email on my <sighs> iPhone. <laughs> I'm paying for the service. I've, I've got the six gig a month. I know. So why don't you use it? I, I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't I, like you know. I, I look at it the way uh, I would at home. Like, do I need to be looking at my email the entire time? No, I'll do it at like particular points. And I certainly didn't know that was the way that you're going to communicate. So why would I bother? See, I like being away from my computer for a couple of, like, even if I've gone, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm on the road or something like that, and I'm away from my computer for a few days, I, I like going back, and I like the idea of having, because, you know, I always fear too, if someone really needs to get in touch with me, then they can call, they, you know what, they can call the Yucks office, they can get my cell phone number, and they can contact me through that. Yeah. I mean, so, you know what, if someone needs to get in touch with me, don't send me a Facebook message, don't send me an email. Yeah. If, if there's an emergency, you know what, I'm, I, I don't Facebook, that's bull, or MySpace, right. don't, that's all bullshit. So, I like going away from my computer for a few days, coming back, and if I get like 27 messages, most of them are bullshit. Mm-hmm. Most of them are commenting on like some photo that I put up or, you know, it's all my status or whatever, like shit like that. But uh, I like being away and coming back and there being a significant amount of messages. It that is are, nice. There are a majority of bullshit anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Well, there is a majority of bullshit out there now anyway. Since it's so easy for people to disseminate media, right? Right. there's a ton of crap. But I think the internet sort of works in a great way to sort of put all the good stuff like the cream will rise to the top like it, mm. it really does we, we aren't bubbling yet no but I mean no. like that kind of thing like <laughs> we can have, you can have your Twitter feed everyone has a website or a blog or you know their MySpace page Facebook anyone can and there's tons of crap stuff on YouTube you know right. but I only hear about the good stuff like if right. you can find the right circles and then like things like podcasts like it's independent media we can do this for nothing you mm-hmm. know but and it shows. It, but it's I think of a little higher quality than the person who's just you know blah because right. it takes a little more effort. So you have to be a little more invested, and you sort of care to put out a yeah. better product. So I, yeah. I kind of look through rose-colored glasses when I when I sort of am away from my computer for a while because it's like that whole yeah it, it's it's the nostalgia of when you used to phone someone and they were out. Right. It's like hey, where's Todd? Oh, Todd's out. Right. And then there's always that, oh, is there a number where I can reach him at? Uh, no. Right. Okay, well, I guess I'm not talking to Todd today. Right. And nowadays, if you said that to some, you know, 14-year-old girl or something like that, I'd be like, hey, I, I want to I find my friend. Where? 
Oh, what do you mean I can't get in touch right. with them? Yeah. You know, that's like, like that's like you know that's yeah. so it's like you you, know, you just you, it's like you just told them that the world is flat and they're yeah. like, what? How's that? How how could I not get in touch with this person? You yeah. know, it was it wasn't that long ago no. when uh, when we we used to be watching soccer down at the uh, the Duke of Gloucester. This is before cell phones. People would call the pub. Right. Hi, is Jack there? Yeah, yeah, tell him to get his hours home after the game. Okay, fine, click. Yeah, this yeah. is where I'm going to be. You can phone me here. Or uh, uh, I don't even know if they still have it, but at um, the Madison and Poppers, they would they didn't have pay phones, but then they had a, a phone, a local phone there yep. that you could just dial and you could just call your friends. Yeah. And I used to, and like when I just had a pager, and I'm always the reluctant guy to go to the next step. Of like, oh, MySpace page, Facebook page, cell phone, even pager. I was like, I, I was happy for a while just having, just calling home and picking up my messages. Right. Let alone like having a, a pager and then I got mm-hmm. a cell phone and blah, blah, blah. Um, but just the idea that, um, yeah, you could you'd phone someone and they were out. And, and you didn't necessarily worry about where the hell they were. Yeah. And nowadays it's like... Oh my God! I can't get in touch with uh, Todd or Darcy. They must be dead. Yeah, that's the old. And you know what? And, and whenever I hear some, whenever <laughs> I hear probably some, could be the case. Or <laughs> I hope they're dead. Um, but I, it's sort of like, and that always reminds me of like you know when you were in grade six. Mm. And I don't know if, if it's and I'm not legally allowed to go to a grade six class anymore. But they do a court order. But well, I remember when I was in grade six. <laughs> when I was in grade six, if the teacher didn't show up for ten minutes, every student was like. Hey, they must be dead. Yeah. Uh, let's write our, yeah. Yay. We'll write our names on the blackboard. Yeah. And then we can all fuck off and go yeah. play in the uh, in, in the yard or something like that. Yeah. And I, I don't know what kid ever sort of, uh, you know, said that that was the unwritten law of, uh, you know, school and, uh, and, and, not, and teachers not showing up. And just, right. no, just write your name on the blackboard and then you can leave. That's totally cool. Yeah, that's That's, that's legally, you know, that's... We were here, you were work. Eat it. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, by the way, I think I think the guy who invented cell phones uh, drank a lot of the Madison and just got sick and tired of not being able to find his place in there. That, that, the, 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 it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. It, I don't know how people found each other in that place. With Like, it just happened recently. Like, the place wasn't that full. It was like Wednesday afternoon. I was meeting up with a buddy of mine who came in from out west on a conference. And I thought I was in the place where he would be. He thought he was elsewhere. And so I ended up having to call him on a cell phone. Like, where are you? Oh, yeah. okay. You're around the corner from me. Fine. I have a hard time uh, going to the Madison uh, these days because it's such a university bar, mm. and I just I, I think I still scream undercover cop. Yeah. The way that I look. Oh. And it's just you know. Oh, like, don't don't worry. You, they card everyone. Uh, <laughs> I think I think you would fall into that category too. Of just like, is he a student teacher? Is he a teacher? Or is he just really yeah. dumb and he's going back to university? Or is he just a creepy guy hanging out at a university yeah. bar? That's what I get. It's kind of all of the above. Uh, the the Rangers club where we go and watch the watch the soccer, right. watch the football, as it were. Uh, that's where we go and watch at seven thirty in the morning or ten or whatever it is. You know, we get some midweek games or whatever. So it has sort of become like the management sort of knows us, and so we started to hang out. So we were at the stag uh, a while ago. Everyone had ID except for the oldest guy in the group, who's right. like fifty five, something like that. The eighteen year old who's carding at the front door won't let him in because he, you know, he was told he needs ID. And so like the rest of us are in here. There's this like you know twenty one year old girls in like you know hot pants. Oh, They're getting shown, and he's just kind of standing there, uh, guys, guys. So we actually had to go get a manager yeah. who we knew who tapped the guy in the shoulders like let him in. Yeah. Oh, you an idiot? Right. Like, I'm doing my job. So I know you're doing your job, but don't be an idiot. Right. Yeah. 
That's what you know what, uh, and I always love that philosophy. I'm just doing my job, yeah, and uh, as opposed to thinking, yeah, yeah. Sort of just like yeah, and being a, a genuine, real person mm-hmm. with uh, own thought, right? Uh, but you know what? I saw some. There were so many parking tickets outside on King Street, and it reminded me of that. Have you ever gotten into an argument with someone where, at the end of the argument, the guy who you're arguing with says, um, "Well, you don't want me to lose my job, do you?" Right. And that's. Like, uh, I, I actually got into an I argument. I sort of do now. You know? No, no. Yeah. I, 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 I was so close to getting a parking ticket, and uh, the guy was like writing it out, and eventually, and so I just started let's just verbally shitting on him about you know because you the should. There were point, flag jackets. No, yeah. well, and they so they should. If I if I had a gun that could shoot knives, I would just I would throw so many blades into one of those guys because they right. really do not do anything. They serve zero purpose. Mm-hmm. The amount of money that they possibly could make, you know, in in, uh, in, in fine in parking fines for the city, all that you know that, that gets you know tied up in useless court time with people you know taking their tickets to court. But anyways, there was a, a parking attendant meter maid guy that said, "You don't want me to lose my job, do you?" And I said, "Yes, I want all of you to lose." your jobs yeah. <laughs> and it was just that ridiculous and I was so waiting and, and it was uh, and I almost threw out the line you know I pay your, your salary, salary don't yeah. you yeah use uh, that on the cop they love that yeah. <laughs> they, especially when you're, you're face down on their hood right yeah, yeah they love that line I pay your salary so a, and gun, you just that, have to, a and, gun that shoots knives that, uh, that came up in your podcast in yes. your podcast that's right that's uh, episode 17 I believe uh, well, yeah. Yes. So before fall. we get more inside baseball here, let's tell everybody <laughs> where your show is so they can switch off of this one and go listen to yours. Exactly. Yeah. Something, <laughs> something that has you know microphones and cables and a mixing board. Which I wish we yeah. didn't have. I, I wish we could just like throw some shit up and, well, and that we could do it. Here that you way. go. You can you can order these through Buffalo if you do Kristen Becker's uh, room. She'll uh, she'll keep the box for you. That's how that happened. Uh, Kristen Becker. Kristen Becker. Uh, I was trying to order the H four through Amazon. Right, because uh, that's where you got your H two. She says, "What rat hole are you going down now?" Website. It's just, it just, it just. Ha- well, okay, we'll do this in like a thirty second, which is like, boom, how this happened. Uh, Amazon wouldn't ship it over the border, and it was going to cost me like an extra hundred twenty bucks if I bought it up here or right. do whatever. So I remembered I was doing the show in Buffalo, so I used her address as a shipping address. She brought it to the show. I now have an H four. Oh, okay, cool. And now we've totally derailed it through that story, but it's being recorded on the H four. So I think it's a nice little roundabout way. <laughs> you got to plug. Anyway. You got to plug for all the people at H four. Exactly. Thank you, H four, the the unofficial sponsor of. Of this podcast is Zoom. So your uh, website is Corktown Radio. Uh, well, my website is DaveMartinWorld.com, okay. but nothing much happens there because I'm putting all my interests uh, in, and I'm just I'm putting all my focus into CorktownRadio.com, mm-hmm. which we're trying to bring the both the comedy community, um, which I've been a part of for <coughs> years. Yeah. Um, but we're trying to, you know what, I guess my whole concept, uh, my whole philosophy behind a podcast to begin with was that it is very hard, when you're putting a live show on at like a Betty's or a Clinton's or a, any, any stage in Toronto, like Cameron House, Spirits, whatever, it is hard to get a live audience out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, it, you know, you get, you get great, amazing shows but you have such a small audience. Yeah. And I remember sitting in the back of so many different comedy rooms over so many years thinking, you know what, it is a fucking shame that the only people who are going to experience this show are the people that happen to show up. Right. And I just thought, you know what, it'd be nice to get this sort of unique sort of show and put it on 
to air. Right. But then I was sort of like, well, I don't really want to have a show where I have uh, you know stand-up comics on and do their act mm -hmm. uh, because I'm always a big fan of talk radio. I'm also a big fan of uh, comics doing something outside or talking about something outside their act and mm -hmm. still being funny. Right. You know, it's like, how funny are you? I mean, anyone could, you know, any actor or, you know, uh, could rehearse a bunch of jokes mm -hmm. and, you know, they'll figure out, oh, I pause here or I pause there right. and then I do this thing with my hand and that, and that gets laughed. But, you know, if, to me, the idea of a great comic or, you know, someone who's just mild, mm -hmm. you know, decent comic is a guy who can, you know, come on board. He can talk about anything outside of his act and, and still be entertaining. Naturally. That's funny. Yeah. That, that and that's really funny. That, and that's what I like. That's what I like. I like sitting around. I like guys who are, um, you know, reasonably funny on stage, but funny in the car, driving yeah. to the gig. Yeah. You know what? If you aren't funny on stage and if you aren't funny in the car, can I get the fuck out of comedy to begin with? Right. You know what? Because I can respect a guy who's funny in the car and he's, he's got okay some shit to the, figure yeah. out right. on stage, right? And if I had to, you know, if you gave me my choice of like uh, who I want to work with, a guy who's a 10 on stage, um, a guy who's a 10 on stage, but he's an asshole uh, off stage, right. then I would want to work with the guy. Uh, wait a minute, that didn't. Okay, wait. Let me figure you, this out. You need to do your math? Uh, no, no, no. It's like, okay, <laughs> do I want to work with a great comic, but he's an asshole? Or right. do I want to work with an okay comic, but he's a great he's a guy? He's a great guy. Off Obviously, that's I would want to work with a great guy, guy who's, uh, you Fuck know, the quality of the show. Comic. Really? Well, I mean, what do these people know anyway? I mean, that's for them and whoever else is on the show. Hopefully, they can bring something really? decent to the crowd. But but I just wanted to, I wanted to uh, bring sort of that... So that that sense of talk radio that and and it's hard for a lot of comics to find an opportunity to go onto a show and be themselves mm -hmm. and be funny um, without necessarily promoting something or feeling like oh I gotta be funny all the time right. you know it's nice to know that comics aren't just full of. Uh, um, you know, self-loathing and jokes, yeah. but they also have opinions about other things, and they and they're passionate about other shit, like Dan Dunn and sex with anything. It's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Dan Dunn and but you know, truck driving and sex truck with, driving sex, sex, sex with a pig's head. Sex with a pig's head. Uh, well, that like when we did the conscious decision, we said, okay, we're going to start bringing in guests, and you know, we, you know, we, you know, it was a mother of necessity, and we wanted to find guys that we like and stuff like that. That was one of the rules we said. It's like there's no bits. You're not doing panel. It isn't like that. You're going to come on. You're just going to talk. Right. If if it happens to come out that oh you know what that was a good idea I came up with maybe you can turn it into a bit right. do that work whatever you need to do to you know get yourself through the day but long story short you just you coming on you're talking well I have a joke about like that came up in conversation that is now a part of my act where uh, I guess we were talking about kids and overprotective parents and I said that because um, I did see I saw a show on the Discovery Channel where you can put a computer chip into your kid's head right and then if your kid gets lost through a series of GPS tracking devices you'll be able to find your kid mm -hmm. or you'll or just find, find his head, head. Yeah. <laughs> which which you know, no bits, Dave. Well, no, it's, <laughs> but it was a bit that came out of conversation, right. which I'm cool with. And I tell all of our guests, if you could work a bit into conversation without coming across as this sort of cheap ass, like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm doing panel on The Tonight Show, and right. here's your blue cards, Jay, and you read these questions off, and, and then I'll answer them with my bits, or that horrible show, Comics Unleashed, where oh. it's just... If you see I don't it, think I've ever seen it. It's, it's basically, it's like a really shitty version of Politically Incorrect, um, where Byron Allen is just doing the Bill Maher role, right. and then so he has like um, two comics on either side of them, and he's basically just giving the comics Feeding a setup. Uh -huh. He's just giving them the setups to do their jokes, which uh, 
it's I guess painful. it's well, it's it's painful when there's like four comics there all trying to jump over each other. Yeah. But it's not. Oh, so we're talking good. airplanes now. Just a yeah. second. Hey, I got an airplane joke. In <laughs> you know, it's but so it's like I and I'm. I wanted to give comics a voice that might not normally get heard, and I also wanted to give comics a chance to come on and be themselves and talk about something that pisses them off that maybe they can't. You know, if if you got a rant that doesn't work into your act, um, but you think that might work um, in, in a radio sort of setting, right. and then uh, come on, and also the chance to come on and like, um, like let's say you know. If, uh, you know, let's say Todd uh, took a streetcar ride over here mm-hmm. and just, because I, I would think there's something funny in everything that you do and you could figure out, yeah. you know, um, some sort of angle to it. So it's like, you know, give, give me a review of the streetcar ride that you had over here. Yeah, I remember those bits. I remember those back in the early days. You were like, uh, well, and Fraser, I, I, Fraser Young had one. Fra- Fraser, Fraser Young had one where he talked about a streetcar ride that he had over here. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know anyone who... who like, you know, if you get on a plane and you can't come off that plane with some sort of description of something mildly humorous, or even if you just start on a plane conversation, like, hey, I took the plane over here. And then everyone, then, you know, we have like Paul Irving, um, you know, who's a, uh, he doesn't do that much stand up anymore, but he's a comic who's been around for a long time. And, uh, and so then Paul Irving can interject with some plain anecdote, or you know, if, if Derek Thompson can, or I can, and Andy Borman's our announcer. So I mean, there's like the potential for perspectives that could contribute into mm-hmm. whatever your subject is. Yeah, and uh, and that's a, that's actually one of the great things I, I I love about your show is that it's like a panel discussion with one principal focus, and you've got and you choreograph this really well. If you if you don't mind me saying, it. I think I think you guys represent a really good dynamic and whenever you've got your third chair because I um, uh, who's always missing from yours uh, there's been shows where Derek has been missing right. there's been shows where uh, uh, Paul has been, been missing. missing I've always been there and Andy's always been there yeah and but you you guys always seem to have some sort of take different from the other two I think it really provides like a really nice Dynamic in that way. Yeah, I mean, neither, neither of us are really right right wing on any level. But I don't I don't think that anyone should be, you know, completely to the left and completely to the right. I mean, I don't, if you if you are one way or the other, then I got no time for you. It's like I think there's like a Chris Rock joke of just like you know I, I'm I'm quite conservative when it comes to gun control, but I'm very liberal when it comes to prostitution. You right. know, yeah, I think there's all shades of gray. I don't think that anyone can be like, no, it's either this way or the other. You know, mm-hmm. I know. You, know, you should be able to like salad bar your vote I think like, yeah. just you know be able to take like okay I really like what the NDP are doing here the conservatives are good on this one mm-hmm. just like make a grid and you just like kind of mark off your X's on like party versus policy you just you know have that template and you just boom 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 and then just throw them all to the pot and then well, they what, can all argue I mean that's what I don't really like about the Canadian system the fact that like you might think that like like, if I live in the Trinity Spadina area, I might think that this person is great for my neighborhood, mm. and then I might think that someone else... That wouldn't else... be Olivia Chow, would it? Uh, no. It would That's be... my hood. Oh, That's is it my really? Hood. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm in Trinity Spadina. You know what? I, I did my Olivia Chow joke last night. I did a spot in Vaughn, and man, did it get... It just it, it just dug me off like a six-foot hole. What's... That... Okay. We'll, well the allow joke, this okay. What's the All right. Point? The joke okay. is basically... and, and You when, can uh, refer. We allow when, this, okay. because we're talking about this when, today. But now we're talking about the show from last really? night. So basically... And it basically... I'll admit that the joke is uh, slightly... Uh, Racist? I don't know what the word is, but anyway, no, it's not. We'll judge you. Okay, okay, yes. okay. I'll exactly. talk to you, and you can judge me. But it's 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 a charmingly uh, uh, racist. 
basically, it's uh, oh, Olivia Chow is in my neighborhood. I think she's a, and so I set it up and I say, oh, mm-hmm. she's a very fascinating woman. I think she's a very interesting person. Um, and I th- and she's also married to Jack Layton, who's the head of the NDP party. And I would love to be there at a, uh, a press conference where uh, I would get to ask her questions and I would say, oh, Joe, Olivia, Olivia, it's uh, Dave Martin, a quick question. Um, so you're married to Jack Layton, okay, and, uh, and you've been married uh, for a, so how long exactly have you been married? Oh, really? Oh, well, that's, that's quite a significant amount of time, Olivia. So would you go as far as saying that you love him long time? Get the fuck out of this <laughs> office. Right here. Get out of this room, Dave. That well, is I, horrible. That's, yeah. You know what? But that has got That's a great joke. That's a great joke. You know what? And I don't think there's anything incredibly mean to it. And also, I back it up by saying, can you say it once? Can you say it once into my answering machine? For Christ's sakes, I'm going to vote for you, you bitch. Come on. Just right. say it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, you did it. Okay, yeah. now you can leave. That's yeah. Well, let's take a break here and that's not. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's Aaron Berg phoning me. Oh, is that Name Aaron Berg? Drop. Name drop. Um, uh, uh, someone gets added to the note list now. Yeah. Here, See, let me. Uh, but basically, basically, I, d- I did the joke and it got nothing. And there was uh, a couple in the front row that said, uh, "We don't get it." And what the I fuck basically, was that? That was just telling me that I missed a call where I got. Could you hear that? Okay, is that, yeah. it? Sounded, it right. sounded like an Edsel horn. Ooga! <laughs> um, oh, I've got a message. But basically, it, it, you know what? It was one of those jokes, just like the chip in the head joke. It's sort of like the more I explain it, the yeah. less funny it becomes. Yeah, exactly. No. So it was. But anyway, it's uh, a very so, funny joke. As soon as you start dissecting something, it's dead, right? You dissect yes. it too much, it dies. If you have to yes. explain it, it's not that funny. Let me bring the show to a screeching halt here. Mention. Um, Dave set up a separate table to put his pint and his notes on so he wouldn't make noise, but he's been constantly... <laughs> slamming down. <laughs> it sounds like I'm in a wicker chair. And you've got the loudest chair, too. I don't know. Right. I could find another chair. But basically what I'm I was saying... it like it's a podium on a debate. You know? <laughs> basically what I was saying... I will love you long time. The, what I was saying was that I think that it's, you know, there might be someone who's suitable for your neighborhood, there's someone who you think is suitable for your province, yes. and then there's someone who you might think is suitable for your, to right. run the entire country. And that's what I, I do think that is kind of fucked up about our system, that you, you only get to vote for the... the you, vote lo- you vote locally with the hope that it's not going to fuck up the system later on right. now, when you go like, okay, this guy is the best thing for my riding, right. however, he's with this... Like I feel sorry for anyone who's got a good green candidate in their uh, yeah. in their riding because let's face it, as good as it ha- as it is to have the green, and I think they bring some really good arguments to the table and stuff that needed to be heard like yeah. ages ago before now. Sure, um, I feel sorry for them because that's just going to be a waste of time. I think she came across like they they had the election uh, the debates uh, a couple of days ago, yeah. and I thought she came across really really well. Uh, the uh, was it Elizabeth May. Elizabeth May. Mm-hmm. I thought she came across really really well and. Um, sure. Uh, and, and, and you know, you, you feel kind of bad, but I, mean, I do feel that. I do feel that you should be able to vote for your uh, your riding, your province, and then your country. Yeah. And I think that I think it's I think it's great in this country that we do have this amount of choice. Because I was watching, I was going back and forth with the the Joe Biden and Sarah Palin right. uh, debate, and then I was watching our debate, and I just you know you're watching the American ones going like, you know. There must be a lot of Americans that are pissed off that you only have two choices. Oh yeah, like that's, that's but then it. but then the problem is, and you, and you get into this this problem. Like, look at the mayoral race. Anytime that happens in Toronto, is you open up the floodgates, and then suddenly you get all the idiots. Well, They're just like you know, you get you get like guys. I know I, I used to work with a guy who uh, uh, was like this young guy at K and he was running for mayor. I was right. like, "What's your platform?" He says, "Oh, uh, fitness." 
Really, that's going to balance our budget. Party. That's yeah. Thank God. It's like yeah. I think people should should you know go to the gym more. I think we should be more health conscious. Really. So uh, how are you going to balance that budget? Uh, well, you know, uh, that, what about the TTC relationships? Yeah, that's yeah. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe some shorter shorts. Maybe that's it. <laughs> shorter um, shorts, waxing. Yeah. So the By the way, uh, uh, with Elizabeth May. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. The Green Party weren't invited to the debate the last election. They, they weren't, even so though they the even though they had a candidate in every riding. Yeah. They had national support and they couldn't get in, which offends me that the fact that uh, the party Quebecois is allowed, or the Bloc Quebecois, I guess it is. The Bloc, the Bloc. Yes. Uh, Which one's the province one? I don't know. They're both dinosaurs. I mean, all we got to do is just wait for a whole bunch of like old Quebecers to die, and then that party's gone. But they get in, and they only have one province of support. Or, uh, you know, if you can return enough empties of Bredore, 206-202-8065, that will pony up. But isn't, isn't their mandate, isn't their mandate, the, the whole purpose of that party is to break up the country? Yeah. And so they shouldn't, they shouldn't even be a party. No. I mean, I'm sorry, but you know what, if, if, if you should be better in the country. Yeah. So if, if their goal from, uh, from... From beginning to end, is yeah. to break up the country. Yeah. Then they shouldn't even be involved. They, they have as much credence in my book as the natural law party. I mean, wow. like that, you know, for for that much localization. And by the way, I think Gilles Duceppe is the wrong uh, party leader out of all those for that uh, particular party. I think it should be Elizabeth May because yeah. she's a single mom. She knows how to handle separation. Bazing! <laughs> right there. That's it. But you know what I thought was kind of funny is like I, I, I watched it. <laughs> Like, as much as I sometimes enjoy, as much as there are moments where I enjoy Jack Layton, that, like, he mentioned, how many times did he say the word kitchen table over and over again? I felt like I should just go off to Ikea. I didn't feel like inventing, like, in voting for him. I felt like I should just go off and and buy a kitchen table. I gotta go off to Idomo and buy something for him. It's like when Sarah Palin mentions Main Street America and, uh, and just tries to, you know, Colloquialize herself and make herself like this gosh shucks yeah. kind of. Well, you know, you know, we're we're all making stew in the kitchens, and you know, we all you know have that. So, like, meanwhile, there's like you know people in cities that are like you know eating rats for dinner. They're like, oh yeah, you speak to me, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. I like I like Jack's. Um, he references himself in the third person all the time, which I thought was really smart. Jack Layton. Yeah, a vote for Jack Layton will get you this. He's like yeah. a pro wrestler. When Jack Layton. Like... But the thing is, like, there is so much choice now that it would be easy for someone who's not really that interested in politics. To confuse who's who, who? Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. always like, "I'm Jack Layton. I'm you that know, guy." It's yeah. like it's it's like that it's like that, <laughs> that old uh, it's like that old joke of the uh, the you know the, the voter that doesn't know any 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 of the parties, so they just go outside of the of where the uh, the voting building is, and they just look at all the signs mm-hmm. on, on the people's lawns, and then they go back inside and just end up voting for Remax. Yeah, you know, it's like that. Old thing. <laughs> <laughs> like I, who, I, who actually was uh, was my Libertarian candidate last oh, year? Yeah, 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 Dave Remax. Is, uh, <laughs> No, I just, it's just, you know what I also thought was interesting too was just like um, Elizabeth May, the only woman, um, a part of the debate. Um, but and then you watch the Joe Biden, Sarah Palin one. You know, Joe Biden just shook her hand, but um, what uh, Jill Giuseppe and Stephon Dion both kissed her on the cheek. Yes, and Stephen Harper kissed her on the lips. What? Which I thought oh, was I didn't see that. It's kind of creepy, Whoa. but then also at the same time. And then uh, Jack Layton gave her a hug. And you could barely, you could just kind of hear him whispering, let's get a three-way with you, me, and Olivier. Yeah. yeah. Olivia. Olivia. So, and Olivier. Olivier. But, uh, but it was just like, <laughs> dig him up. That, 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 that's all that uh, Jack Layton got out of it. He could uh, get a three-way with uh, Elizabeth May and Olivia Chow. Right. But I think but. the important thing with having the Green Party in the debate now and having her on TV so much 
is that you know she hasn't got a hope in hell of, of winning anything, right? Look, she might win a riding. She'll, she'll win some riding. She'll, she'll win her riding. She'll win her riding. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, but all the issues she's bringing forth, she has some good ideas, yeah. and that will eventually trickle down. Maybe other parties will grab it. They'll recognize how popular it is, well, and they'll adopt. Well, it that's that's own. sort of the way. Like if you look look back in the day when we had the right wing reform with the Reform Party when they came in, they came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. They were a splinter faction. It's not to say the Green Party is a splinter faction, but what they do represent is sort of a more. Uh, I would say a, a, a leftish view of what the NDP and parts of the liberal platform would be. I mean, like it's, it's, it seems to be that more sort of um, uh, a very strong environmental mandate, but still with that as the center focus are able to pile on a whole bunch of economy and, 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 and ideas that, that are probably a lot more forward thinking than what you're going to see out of the standard liberal and, and conservative platforms. So with them finally having a say in Parliament and actually getting a couple of seats, they become part of that record. They well, become part of that argument process, and, and even, then that can grow. And even if some of these other parties uh, adopt philosophies of the Green Party, I mean, if, if the Green Party can bring issues forward, and then if the Liberal Party or NDP can, can adopt those issues, then that's I think that then the Green Party serves its purpose in, on some level. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's it's going to be... The, the thing that worries about me, and the reason I say is it's it's kind of... I'm not saying it's dumb or a wasted vote to, to vote for the Green Party, but we saw this when uh, the NDP had that landslide election in um, in Ontario with Bob Ray at the helm. Right. But Bob Ray was really smart. He came across, He was the smartest man in that room. As soon as like you got any of those guys together, he was the guy you wanted to listen to. He was the guy that had the ideas. He was a brilliant captain. Ship of fools. Like you looked at the NDP <laughs> candidates that were in any province, they're just like, oh yeah, I own a pottery shop. Okay, sure. great. That's fantastic. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, I think I'll fire up the kiln. Okay, right. good. That's a great <laughs> fucking platform. And so you you just hear like all the like it it, it fell down on itself because. They fell apart at the seams of the way that you actually manage yourself. And that's where the liberals and the conservatives, long-standing uh, uh, candidates, they know the rules of the game. It's going to take the Greens a long time. The NDPs are still fighting that. It's going to take the Greens, even, I think, a longer time um, to grapple with the rules and figure out how things are done and then get the machine to work in their favor. Well, I, I just, I, again, from the... from. Uh, like the Americans looking at, at at their own choices too. It's just like you'd see like, like to me like Ron Paul seemed to make the most sense out of that uh, out of out of a lot of the candidates they had, but Ron Paul would never want to run as an independent, and mm-hmm. uh, you just felt it was it was a bit of a shame because he seemed to make the most sense and he got the most support from, um, you know, uh, active you know military people. Right. And he got the most donations from them and. You're saying you've got two choices, and I can totally understand someone not voting when you say, "Oh, am I going to believe this lying cocksucker, or am I going to believe this lying cocksucker?" Right. And and I mean, I don't trust Sarah Palin. Uh, you know, I wouldn't trust her to run a bake sale, no. let alone the rest of the country. And I think it's very scary the fact that John McCain hasn't submitted his uh, medical records. Right. And now, admittedly, they they said they did say that, but neither has uh, Obama yet. Yeah, but you know, but you know, when you see like a jackass like Dennis Miller come on and go like, you know, hey, uh, you know, uh, John McCain's seventy two and he's a he's a cancer, isn't he a cancer survivor? Yeah, he's a couple of survivor. He's a survivor of everything. He's a he's a testing ground for a lot of diseases out there. Yeah, when they come up with a new disease, they go, well, you know, let's call the guy. Yeah, let's shoot John John McCain up with it and see what happens. But it's just then when Dennis Miller says, well, you know, Obama smokes. 
It's just what, what yeah, my grandfather smoked until he smoked until he was older than John McCain. Yeah. And I don't think smoking is that much of an issue. No. But I think of a guy who doesn't want to submit his medical records and he's a cancer survivor and he's been through a lot of shit. It's just mm-hmm. sort of I, I'd like to see the United States, which I directly affects our economy too, I'd like to see them get out of this whole hey, this whole sort of like, oh, remember the sixties and like let's just get something new and fresh in there. And also I think it makes a better story, which I'm all part of. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. Until he's, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see him in any parades with a convertible. No. No. I, I think there's a lot of hype uh, with McCain, and I think there's a lot of hype with Obama. But uh, I, well, I just I just don't think that another couple of years with the same sort of philosophy. But again, I mean, the reason that you're getting so much hype around there, and, and for the failings of our system, at least there's the illusion that there's more choice. Yeah. But in the same way that you look at the states, I mean, they, sure, it's, it's either the red switch or the blue switch. Well, which you know, which position is that is that going to be in? Um, because there's only those two choices, it's going to cause a lot more elevation in their profiles because that is now distributed across five candidates or more, depending mm-hmm. on what your riding is. Um, to to a stronger sense, it's it, at least with uh, with the states, you get the sense that they're able to vote for someone. Right. Whereas we always seem, uh, even when it was just the three NDP uh, back in like the Ed Broadbent days when it was like you know NDP conservative liberal. You always seem to be voting for the lesser of several evils. Yeah, it was like you would you would get as much in this is this is actually another thing I noticed about it today because we have the the long term like you're able to go for as long as you want you are able to run until people are pissed off at you right and then you're out and then they bring in someone new like that's basically it I mean like you are voted in for as long as you can run with the ball and then once you get tackled or once you hit a snag you're done whereas in the states. Because you've only got two terms, look at how much no press Bush is getting right now. It's right. like he's running the country, and that's in air quotes, but he's not doing anything. Yeah. There's no exposure on him whatsoever, and he's the guy with the, at the helm still. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think, I'd like to take a vote right now. I vote we will get more beer. More beer? Okay. We're back, and uh, yeah, you were just talking with Aaron Berg, a uh, mutual friend of ours. Yeah. And so he's down, he's down in New York, you're saying? Yeah. Again, I apologize if it sounds like I'm in a wicker chair. Should I change my chair? Let's try changing chairs. Okay. Let's see how that goes. We need some chair changing music. Gonna change the chair. Gonna change the chair. Okay. So it wasn't your ass that's squeaking. Okay. No. That's good. And it's squeaking from not excessive use. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, no, I was Important I'm not to have a rusty ass. I will not go there. Um, <laughs> and that sounds even creepier if I did go there. But uh, actually, they give me a lemon with this beer, which is. Is it lemon be, or orange? It should be an orange. Huh. Uh, lemon's fine. So. Citrus. Um, Do you want me to have words? I'll have words. No, no, no. I don't want to. Yes. No draw a lot. I'll, oh, go no, downsta- was, I'll go downstairs to Betty's. I don't know what kind of business you're trying to pull here. <laughs> but we do want to thank Betty's for. Uh, we do want to thank Betty's for allowing us to host, and we'll you know see you know if we can expand this. We'll see what is, how much echo we're getting in here. A fair, uh, it's gonna be a lot. A fair amount. Yeah. Not as bad. McVeigh seemed to soak it up. I get the feeling it's probably because it's a carpeted floor. Yeah, that helps. That helps. A little bit of sound soak. Uh, but no, I was uh, I was on the, the yeah the the phone call that interrupted us the first when we were recording yes. earlier was uh, <laughs> uh, was my friend Aaron Berg. Now I'm always sort of on the fence whether Aaron is a. I think he's becoming more and more of a stand-up these days. Um, but initially, you know, Aaron's uh, an actor, 
but mm-hmm. who has sort of learned the sort of the stand-up techniques, and he's he's become a very a very very good comic. You know, you can't argue with someone uh, if they're in front of a crowd and they're delivering their monologue, and Jeez. they and but I mean, he's, it's, it's he's, a, he's, he's bridged the gap between monologue and stand-up comedy. He was always a, that storyteller. Yeah. yeah, like when when we ran the old York, he would come down and he would always get stage time from us, and his. He would tell a story. He was tell ripping yarns about masturbating in front of uh, gay guys for money and you know being a steroid user and, and having small and, testicles and, and stripper and, stories. And right, exactly. Like so know? is he is he getting a little more mellow now with his act, or is it still no? You know, but at the end of the day, he's an actor too. So I mean, he can he can crank it up and he can be that that uh, that guy that he once was telling stripper stories or what. But I mean, I think he's. Um, because I did the Cold Dark January tour with him, where it was uh, Aaron Berg. Um, well, well, I was hosting, and then Aaron would be the middle act, and Mike Cliff, and then eventually Darren Frost became the headlining nice. act. No, um, that's a great show. That's a great lineup. And then I would actually do my glue guy character in between Aaron and uh, Darren, or uh, I would do glue guy in between uh, Aaron and Darren, or Aaron and Mike. Do you and, yank him out still, glue guy? I did. You know what? Okay. Um, I'll get back to Aaron in a second, but I do. I I would do Glue Guy um, if I was asked to do it on a show. But quite frankly, I started doing that character in like 1980. No, no, 19. Sorry, whoa. Uh, I started doing that character in like 1998. <laughs> when the Thriller album was out, that's when you did it. That's, that's, when like, I started, that's uh, okay, um, so I don't know the character you need. Basically, the, basically the Glue Guy character is a, a washed-up hack stand-up comic. Um, who is in a tuxedo and he looks very disheveled and uh, he, and he's huffing glue out of a bag, but and his reference points. It's not, you know what? It, it's always it's that it's that annoying thing that I find with a lot of stand-up comics when they believe that everyone has some connection to what they're talking about, and you know it's like, okay. hey, if I clean pools for a living, everyone's got to know this. So they they're all doing like pool cleaning jokes. So glue guy does all joke. All of his jokes are based in the fact that he believes that everybody huffs glue. So this is just <laughs> universal, you know. Um, it's that kernel of truth that he's bringing to the table. It's like, hey, you know, in the same sort of way as like, so I'm, I, you know, I'm using Facebook the other day, and you assume everyone uses Facebook. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you're playing a legion, don't. You right. know, leave that information. Out. And it's like, and then so, so it's like glue guys like, uh, it's like. Hey, you know what I really hate about women? They're always trying to take your glue away, huh, fellas? You know, and it's just that idea that, like, hey, everyone can relate to this. And and so when I first did that, and again, I don't want to talk about how long I've been doing comedy, but it's like when I first did that, that kind of character was new. Right. Like, and again, I don't want to be like, hey, I'm the first to do this and I'm the first to do that. But but really, that kind of, that character... um, Commenting on that sort of uh, hackneyed style of comedy mm-hmm. and that sort of um, taking uh, taking shots at the standards of comedy was a very new thing at that time when I first started doing yeah. it, and a lot of other people have done it since. And it's sort of like you know, it's like being the guy that did the first Sean Connery impression. Right. You know, it's sort of like, hey, that guy's really great at Sean Connery, but now everyone does one, or everyone does a Christopher Walken impression. So if I bring the character out now. It honestly doesn't have as much relevance as it once did because to, when I first started doing it, it was very unique. Yeah. And now so many other people do different versions yeah. of the, the, that genre. The, the two, the two that I come up like that, that utter piss take between uh, of like taking taking the piss out of like hat comedy. 
Um, every, some people hate it. I, I could tell who my friends were going to be in the room when Last Comic Standing was on and Mel Silverback hit. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd ever seen him. And I'm watching it with like non-comic friends of mine. They go, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. And I'm looking at them going, you have got to be kidding. Right. That is fantastic. See, I thought Mel Silverback was brilliant. Yeah. Because it... You know what? Uh, Mel Silverback was basically a glue guy, but in a TV-friendly version yes. of that. Because I mean, basically, like everyone, you know what? Every fucking comic loved Glue Guy because it was uh, something new, and it was uh, not a lot of other comics have done something like that. Yeah. But also, it was a character that could never go anywhere right. because it basically, and it wasn't like the delightful Foster Brooks. Oh, I, hey, I've had one too many. Oh, yeah. aren't I charming? And this was a guy huffing glue out of a bag. Yeah. So he was basically a sad case. But Mel Silverback was a very TV-friendly version of that same style of character, and he was basically hacking on that old sort of Catskill sort of style of comedy, mm -hmm. which I thought was fucking brilliant. Um, but yeah, you're right that like comics would think that it's this is so smart. Yeah. And but and it's I, one of those things where you go like, fuck, why didn't I think of that? Right. Fucking you know, old comedy in like a monkey suit. Right. You know? Um, and, and it's so ripe. There were so many different roads that could go down. Right. It was it, it was smart, yeah. and it was it, and uh, Brian Barlow, uh, who does like a character Proper Papa, Proper Papa, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, who I think is very very funny too. But that also is a, an offshoot of that sign of right. character, both commenting on the sort of the stale sort of. Flip Schultz's uh, Flip Schultz's Skippy Green is a guy that I had the privilege of of seeing. I got four minutes of the improv in L.A. Yeah. when I was down there on a business trip. And after me, about five or six comics after, uh, Flip Schultz goes up and does Skippy Green, who, do you know the backstory no, on this? No. Okay, so I don't even know if we've ever mentioned him before. I've certainly blogged about him enough back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Flip Schultz, uh, Flip Schultz's character, Skippy Green, he says, cat skills, loud jacket, big glasses, you know, the, the pork right. pie hat, the, the cigar. And he gets abducted by aliens, and they call him the intergalactic comic because he was abducted by aliens. He's taken all over the place. And he, uh, the, the two hooks he has are he, um, uh, he, he does like Catskills uh, comedy about the places he's been slash the people that he's done because of time travel. Yeah. Like all these like really weird sexual things to like references of, of all kinds of people. Yeah. Uh, and his, his rim shots are cartoon titles from cartoons from the 80s. Okay. So, for example, he goes like, "Yeah, I was, uh, you know, so the aliens abducted me, 1987. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm splitting a hooker with Gary Coleman, and uh, you know, she's giving us hand jobs. She's really fast with me on the left hand, and not so fast with him on the right hand. I turn to Gary, I go, "Hey, Gary, look, we're getting different strokes. My little pony." Yeah. And that's, you know, like, and once you get that game, like right. he doesn't come out and say it. But yeah. by the third one, by the time he's going like Space Ghost, like you get the game. Yeah, and you're just like. This is fantastic. See, it's shit comedy, but it's punctuated well. Right. You know? And it's, it's I mean, when I did, I, I got to the Toronto Finals for Last Comic Standing, and then sort of Derek Forge, who basically has, what is that, Shecky someone character? That yeah, he has. the manic one. Yeah. He doesn't do that too much now that he busted his leg. But, uh, uh, yeah. but I, uh, you know, I mean, like, I know the kind of character that he's doing, but what's weird is it's like, if, if I come on a stage now, and if I do Glue Guy... If there's gonna be like ten people in the, or there's gonna be people in the back room going, "Hey, you're doing the same kind of thing as this guy did," right? And I'm, and I'm not gonna be some kind of dick that goes on and says, "Yeah, well, I did that first in uh, 1997 when uh, mm -hmm. Mike Bullard had his uh, show at the back of the Wayne Gretzky's," um, right? Which is, uh, you know, which is where I first, which you know, what say whatever you want about the Mike Bullard show, but he's one guy that is that to me. 
stuck to his guns in the sense that he saw me do Glue Guy on the Yuck Yucks Mondo Taboo pay-per-view show, mm-hmm. which I was banned from for doing that character. What? Yeah, that's another story. They were in a Mondo Taboo, and the, you can't... Uh, it was it was a pay-per-view show, it was pay-per-view, and it was supposed to be the raunchiest things that you've ever seen. That's the and so they, they cut my character out of that show because they saw that, uh, they thought that I was promoting drug use, but yet you could order uh, pay-per-view pornography with it showed, uh, uh, you know, a graphic general close-up penetration. And then they also cut out the part where Jason Rouse stick, stuck a match into his dick and lit it on fire. Right. But... So they cut my character out of it. So quite the show. That sounded like it's like my mom. I can't believe she doesn't have it on DVD. But but uh, I, I refer to it as uh, losing a gig on the Titanic. But it's yeah, but it's, which was a, it was a horrible show, and, and quite frankly, it got me the most respect out of other comics in the city. The fact that I could get banned from a pay per view show. Right. And so, but now if I go on stage and I do a character like that, people are going to just be like, oh, oh, you're doing the same as this right. guy. And oh, and what I was saying about Mike Board was that he saw me do it at the Mondo Taboo show. And as soon as I get off stage, he came up to me and said, he's like, hey, kid, if, uh, if I ever get a show, I'm going to put you on it. And then two weeks after his show was on, I get a phone call and say, hey, can you come on and do my show? Right. And it was just, that's that's, rarely do you get that from people. And you know what? This business is so built on someone saying to someone else, hey, if I ever get a show, mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on it. And he's one of the few people that have actually been like, well, you, uh, Mike Board and Todd Van Allen have been said, I'm going to put you on it. And that, and, that also to, and that also to me is one of the reasons why I like doing my podcast, that is, it is the kind of show where I can honestly say that, you know, maybe I won't have you on this week, but the next opportunity I have to put you on it, I will. Because I, I, I just, I believe that, you know, we kind of live in this world of cross-promotion where... Um, you know, if, if I put you on your show, you put me on your. Uh, I'll put you on my show, and right. and you will link up here. We'll link up there, and then it's just, it's. I, I just think there's so much comedic talent in the right. city, and it's a shame that when other people's voices can't be heard. Well, wait, let's let's mention the show again. Corktown Radio. Corktown Radio. Corktown Radio. Uh, weekly Corktownradio.com. Show. Weekly show, right? Mostly, you're trying to keep to a weekly release. Uh, we're trying to put out a show every week, um, but you know, it's. I mean. For those people who don't know, uh, Dave invented podcasting. He was the first podcaster. I, 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 I barely know how anything's done. I don't know. I, I speak his, in the his and podcasting. His original podcast had three listeners because he would just shout out of his bedroom window. <laughs> Coming up next on the show! <laughs> Which is exactly how we start. We start with a phone call and just start recording voicemails. Yeah. So you, you have to record several episodes in one sitting. Like you have a live taping... You know, at uh, Dominion. Yeah, well, we come to we we were we yeah we try to book a whole bunch of shows in one day, and then because we a lot of it's we record. I mean, the the day that you guys came down to watch us, we were only planning on doing one two shows. Right. We we were planning on just having Trey Smith, uh, John Dor, Alan Park, and Glenn Foster. Again, I have to chastise you for tapping the table. So, okay. <laughs> so we had like this. <laughs> this is a <laughs> But we had our guests for that day, and then uh, Noam Rosen and Mary Crosby, um, who live in New York, were down there, were down at the taping, so we decided we put them on, then you guys were there, we thought, well, this is good. We'll, we'll put you guys, we'll do a segment with you guys on, and so we were able to do a third show, and, I mean, Noam and Mary used to always do the Clintons show, and that was sort of one of the, that was always one of the alternative shows uh, in Toronto that I would always show up to, and think, 
you know what? It is a real shame that the only people are here, gonna, that are only, that are going to get to experience it are the people who are here. Right. And I, I kind of wanted to create a forum uh, where both we could sort of embrace the Corktown neighborhood, which is unique on its own, and yeah. um, and then just embrace the Toronto comedy community. Well, and you got a really great recording space. I mean, it is oh, very accessible for people to come down. And they uh, have carpet, so there's no. I think you, yeah. you need to push a little. You have a Facebook group. Right. Uh, we have a Facebook group and we have a MySpace group, um, but I mean, use MySpace. You need to maybe like push the idea that anyone can come and listen. And um, well, yeah, yeah, we we want people to come down and, and watch, and we want to try to incorporate more sort of like 1930s, 40s radio of mm-hmm. uh, recording. We want to record sketches, okay. and make more skits out of it, and we want to make a complete show. And, and give something uh, of all sort of different sort of tastes to, for people to come down and listen to. But I guess you have to do you have to do multiple episodes and one taping because it's just your guys' setup is huge, like the number of cables and wires and mics and all that bullshit. You can't possibly do that every week, you know. No, and, and by God, I would not want to because like when you guys yeah. told me that you guys had seventy one episodes, I can't even like. My bro- like, I get a headache. Well, none of them are good, Dave. Don't worry about it. I mean, like, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> There's a billions and billions of hamburgers served at McDonald's. Let's just throw that out there. Well, but, but I mean, how, how do you how do you bridge? It's sort of like I mean, like Gary Rideout, who started to do the, who's opened up the comedy bar in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like I went to go and see a show at the comedy bar, and I really I admire and I respect what they're doing there. But you know, watching that show, you kind of think to yourself how. How did they not fall into the trap of, uh, I'm watching a show with my friends? It's sort of like, you know, you know when you watch, when you, when you go to a show and you just see like one pocket of people in the mm-hmm. audience laughing, you're thinking, oh, well, that, those people must be friends with the guy with on the guy stage, stage and that's why they're laughing. Mm-hmm. And I went to go and see a show at the comedy bar and I really re- admire and respect what they're doing, but they've, they've really got to find a way to not fall into that trap of, we're just this making our friends, friends laugh. Yeah. Which, quite frankly, it's sort of like that's always been my big piss off with a lot of comics is that in their early years, why do you want to invite your friends out to come and watch you practice? Yeah. You know, if I'm learning guitar and it takes me a couple of seconds to go from like like D to uh, C or something mm-hmm. on guitar, then like I, I don't want my friends to come out and watch me be shitty right. and watch me learn. It's like that's one of the things I think is that's so you know ridiculous about people posting shit on Facebook and MySpace and on the internet and YouTube in general. It's just like, like why do you want to post your early years where you are? There's such a great chance that you're going to be embarrassed about this later. Yeah. It's like why do you want to show? You know, why does some chick want to show her show her the world that she's bombing at the last resort? Right. Like wouldn't you want to take the best op? What what? Why don't you take your best set yeah. and, and show that to the world? Because really you are. Yeah. You know, if you're putting on the internet, it's it's out there for the world to see. Did you pick up uh, the the comedy issue of Rolling Stone? Have you read that uh, yet? Not the recent one. Okay, so they have it's the comedy issue, and so they they talk to a bunch of comics uh, and catalog their answers of you know what was your biggest bomb? What do you think is the smartest TV show? What do you think the funniest movie is? Yada yada yada. And they talk about the internet, and I thought one of the two guys that totally summed it up in terms of how they approach their careers and stuff like that. Firstly, Dane Cook. As we all know, uh, a huge um, fan of mine, he um, uh, he says the internet was the best thing that ever happened because he just worked MySpace like a dog. Right. He used that as a, his media machine, 
and just befriended everyone. Um, I feel a bit slighted he never friended me, to be quite honest. But um, you know, he just did that and said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to be playing you know, Minneapolis. I'm going to find all my Minneapolis friends. You can come out and see the show. And, and he became very viral within that space. And right. He said, yeah, it's the best thing that's ever happened, da-da-da-da-da. And then Albert Brooks, who is, I think, obviously one of the funniest mm-hmm. guys that is out yeah. there, uh, said the worst thing that ever happened to comedy is being able to post it on the internet because he comes up with that argument exactly. It's like you, you you put something up on YouTube and it's like you eating shit, right? Uh, just trying to practice. Like, why would you broadcast your practice sessions? Why would you instantly give people the opportunity to comment on my God, you suck when you get off the stage? Right. You know what? And like, mom, why are you saying that? You know, is this that? Why would you do that? Why would you afford yeah. people that opportunity well, instead of trying to? get you out first and try to figure it out and then let me sort of argue the other side um, okay I'm, I'm waiting for this yeah because <laughs> you can go up there and you and you can eat it and you can put it up there and the same thing with podcasting you don't like the idea that you don't want to just you know make your friends laugh but podcasting podcasts like develop communities so you are in a way kind of trying to make your friends laugh because after a while I'm not sure you're not maybe at the stage yet where you're sort of nurturing your your podcasting community, like getting to know who your listeners are, right? And, you know, um, involving them, like feed when feedback comes in. And there's a bit of a barrier there because you are doing three or four shows in a taping, so things don't come out in a timely manner. So it might be difficult to read people's email questions on the on the podcast, you know, right? Or to you know, well, ins- I mean- insert like voicemail or anything like that from people. So. Because that's the biggest thing about these these small communities, these podcasts. There's a million of them, right? But like anything else, it, you grab in a small niche, and they're from everywhere. It's a great thing about the globalization of the internet, right? You right. can get people in any country, and they all would feel a part of your show. Right. You're not just. It, it's not just like CBC Two. You're not just right. broadcasting out to everybody in Canada. Well, we just you're we, hitting certain people. Yeah, we just got a phone number on our show where you can phone and you can leave a voicemail message, and we'll respond to your voicemail if you want. And I guess through Facebook, people have had the opportunity to send us voicemail messages. Mm-hmm. Well, not voicemail, but like send us emails, and then we'll respond to those too. Right. And yeah, it's, I mean, we want to create a community, but also it's sort of like, it's like I have stacks and stacks of VHS tapes from my early years at Yuck Yucks, which I would just love to burn at any opportunity. But you don't. But, you okay, don't. yeah, I don't. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm but if you're starting, I'm searching for a reason why I'm holding on to them. But but yeah, but they're all nostalgia, sort of, self-loathing, megalomaniacism, yeah, all of the above. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was thinking, think of it like you know, these are just kind of things that like you know, after I'm dead and buried, if someone finds them at some point, and mm-hmm. then you know, and then oh hey, remember in his early years he did this. But that's not something that I, I want to show now. I mean, like I did a comedy now in 2001 and. All the planets fell in line, and all this, you know, every, and there was some, you know, the hand of God came down and, and tapped me on the shoulder that one day, and I, and I had, it was a miracle show, I was in front of a miracle audience, and it was great, and, I, and at that point I felt like I was a good comic. I feel like I'm a better comic than I was then, and I'm still trying to, str- and I think I'm a, I'm a good comic now, but I'm trying to become a great comic, but I don't necessarily want all these tapes out there, these times when I'm learning shit. Yeah. It's just, and, and that's what I don't understand about people want, but I think it's also that idea that just because you can have your opinion heard and you can be seen, right. that doesn't necessarily mean that you should want to be seen or you necessarily should be seen. Okay, let me, you, let me you suggest need to suggest this. Like, everybody wants to be the person who 
listen to the, their favorite band before they got popular. Right. Well, that's my right. thing too. It's like everyone a lot of the time, by the time I start listening to a band, everybody else thinks they suck. Sounds like every yeah. ball head I saw at the wedding present last night. <laughs> oh, I remember when they did George Best. So, I mean, like, so there's a part of that. Like, if you are struggling, people who would become a fan of yours would, would, would know that, appreciate would maybe not even know you face to face. Um, maybe not even feel like they need to send you an email to say, I'm, hey, I think your shit is good, or even comment on YouTube. But they will, they're the people who will follow you. That's that sort of long tail of people who, yeah, I remember that guy when he sucked. You know, yeah. and now you start telling your friends about him, like, see, I told you this guy was going to be good. Right. And like, so in a way, you sort of... I'm glad our you, listeners you don't have that opportunity. <laughs> I'm so glad. So that. I think there's a little we'll bit of a snowball right effect with these things. The more things you put out, and if they continue to improve. Like, this show... Don't listen to episode one of the TVA podcast, people. It's you know, it was just me saying, "Hey, this is the TVA podcast." Right. Uh, here's Todd's this, radio. That spot, was that was which a perfect now our Friday episode. That was but. a perfect storm of shit, actually, because it was us <laughs> trying to figure out a how to get one of these things together. It was me trying. It was in the early stages of trying to make something funny for morning radio live on air at seven a.m. Yep. where I'm Still talking to them on the phone. So that was a whole shit storm of people just trying to find their way. But it, it goes back to something I wrote down, just like a little note when we're talking about podcasting. You talk about like how this has podcasting and the, the nature of the internet has just allowed so much content to be put out there, and eventually rises to the top. And I think what it is is the internet rewards long practices and it rewards effort. So if you put that effort out there and you go, yeah, you know what? Like we've done, we're, we're in episode seventy three right now. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, it could be seventy three episodes of shit, but. You keep going at it. You keep learning from the process. We yeah, keep our doing show it. has evolved so much. Like you guys, you guys had uh, at least good production right from the start. You 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 bit the bullet. And you you got the right setup. You know, uh, audio wise. Um, we need a microphone. I think that's our big thing. That's it. <laughs> I mean, we were, we're going to continue. Like we we, we change rooms every friggin' week. Right. Yeah. You know, if we can't get in the same place, we'll just do it on Skype. Sure. Um, we managed to just get the show out. We're yeah. just dedicated to the two shows a week now. It's God happen. bless the eight people who listen. And now nine. But that's the important part. You gotta, you gotta be. You have to deliver on time um, when they expect it. Because uh, if you take too much of a hiatus or a break, and you're not informing people what's you're, going on, and you're then, a stickler for that. Yeah. You you are like, well, okay, we're now doing this Friday and Tuesday. I didn't find out until the show. The one time it's like, okay, now we're moving to a split format and uh, we're doing Tuesday Friday. Really? So, yeah, we're doing that now. I mean, I, I think there's something very unique about watching the evolution of a performer and the evolution of a show. But when, but you know, it's just that you know what? I'm I'm pretty sure that like there were people that like saw Green Day in their early. It's like people that saw what saw the kids at the hall when they used to perform shows at the Rivoli. Mm. It's like I wasn't around back then. Right. I remember seeing. It was funny. Okay, like I remember. Do you guys remember the show uh, the troupe the Vacant Lot? Yep. Right. Absolutely. See, because I remember going to see the Vacant Lot and Sandra Shamus and. Uh, like Dan Redican mm-hmm. at the Rivoli. This, this is years and years and years ago. But I remember seeing the Bacon Lot, and I thought they were fucking I, they were hilarious, amazing sketch troupe. Uh, and they were so tight, and they were so uh, fast, and they're you know they're breaking down and setting up with their next sketches between. Um, and then and then when they got a TV show, I watched them and going thinking, well, you know, these these guys were somehow better live. Yeah. And then people would tell me the same thing about the kids in the hall. And then I thought, well, how could the kids in the hall be better live than they were on TV? Because they were so great on TV. Right. But, and then, I, then when I remember that, oh, the Bacon Lot were better live than they were on TV, then I was like, oh, well, maybe the kids in the hall were better live. 
And then, so it's like with the vacant lot, I saw them at the Riv, and then I saw them at the uh, on CBC when they had the show with Broadway Video, and then recently, uh, and this is a sad statement on on Canadian show business, but <laughs> as I was picking up a copy at Starbucks, going to do my own podcast at the Dominion Pub. One of the sketch troupe members from the vacant lot was working in that Starbucks, oh. and I ordered a copy through him. And I still, you know, I was like, "Hey, you know, good to see you. Hey, what's happening? Hope you're doing well. Uh, thank you for my large grande, whatever the right. fuck." And I was on my way. But it, 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 I don't know it, it is unique how we right. are just so witness to the evolution. Of not of our performers. I was I was uh, down at a show. I can't remember which one I was doing the ribbon. It was just I was talking about guys who had recently just seen the kids in the hall do that uh, impromptu show, right. essentially at at the rib. And what they had done apparently, I think it was Mike Kiss. I was talking about. I don't know if you you know him. He's quite a funny guy. He uh, he was he was saying he was watching them. And what they did is they brought out all their old sketches that they did on stage. It wasn't any of their TV stuff. Oh, okay. It was it was like a. It was a testament show to this was our humble beginnings. Right. And they kept line for line. They did not update the material. Any cultural references they had from the early 80s, that's what they stuck with. Right. Uh, I don't even think Scott Thompson was gay at that point. I think it was just, you know, <laughs> it, was that, it was that old and fresh. But they, they, they ran that material. And, and the experience he walked away from it was, it's amazing seeing from that humble beginning, you could still see, okay, that's where they would go with that. Like you, you, you got the sense that yeah. okay, this is something. It's not outrageously funny. Like it's no one crushing your head, or it's like you know the, the chicken lady, or none of that. Yeah, they were all you. Can, you can see where they were anchoring sketches together. Right. Um, I like the closest I ever had with that was actually going to see Taking the Kids in the Hall, mm-hmm. and those were just fantastic. Do you remember who opened up for the kids in the hall when you went to this? Uh, you know who it was? It was Boy Banks. I, you know what? I might have been at that same table. Uh, Boy Banks. I remember him doing the. Uh, 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 football field goal kicker wearing tap shoes. That was the click, 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 clicky, yeah, clicky, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Click, click, yeah. click, click. Uh, I, I love Boyd and I, I love him till the end of the earth. But I, I say I remember Boyd when he used to do the Laugh Resort when he had mm-hmm. to work there, and yeah. there was so much great material that he had that he won't touch anymore. And, and that's another thing too it's like another reason why I love the idea of podcasting is because there are a lot of performers that won't go out of their way to do albums or won't record their material and I think Boyd is a brilliant fucking comic and I think you know what and I don't know who listens to this podcast or, Shelley or, pardon? Shelley that's Shelley? Like, you might okay. call our listener by well, name hello Shelley but what I'm saying is that like I think Boyd is a brilliant comic and I think he's one of those five smartest, fastest minds in, in Canadian comedy, but he's a guy who's so far out on the edge that a lot of people are never going to hear from him, and it's a, it's a, it's tragic that most people recognize him as a zombie from George Romero, uh, Dawn of yeah. the Dead movies. My, my um, be, and, 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 and yeah, I remember seeing Boyd yeah. uh, at the Laugh Resort, and I remember seeing him open up for Kids in the Hall. My, uh, my brother and I, I remember the first time I ever saw Boyd Banks was in Ottawa at right. the Ottawa Yachts, and this was like my first, second year in university. Wow. And he was middling yeah. at that point. Well, you and know what, he, Boyd, I, don't, I think Boyd's headlined twice yeah. as far as Yuck goes. Um, so he, he middled, and I just remember this joke he did, and I brought it back home. Uh, so talking about this, is when he compares uh, sex with brushing your teeth. You ever seen that joke? No. He goes, there are some times when you're brushing your teeth, you just do everything, right? You know, you, you floss, you get into every crevice, you make sure that every 
tooth is brushed like 18 times and you mouthwash and you gargle, you make sure, oh, everything's minty, fresh, and blah, like that. It's like, oh, it's just a wonderful work off your mouth and it feels wonderful for it. And then there are other times where you just like suck the toothpaste off of your mouth, <coughs> back in the bowl. Sex is sometimes like that. He goes into the whole thing of like, yeah. You know, you're watching each other and ooh and ah and that. And there's other times where you're just nailing her against the wall, and then you, you know, you pull out your dick, and then you just like, you know, wipe off all the cum and see that, and just like wipe it on the wall. Ah, and it was just that move, that ah, and it was that move that uh, I took back. And my brother and I still to this day, when we're in a situation where we just hate being like surrounded by family or stuff like that, we'll just turn to each other and go ah, and that's like 15, 20 years ago that that yeah. happened. And it's just it's. One of those lines that you just stick with. You know, it, it's, it's funny that, like, um, you know, it, it's always that justifying the critic uh, moment that I have when it comes to a lot of performers where it's sort of like, you know, I think a lot of performers, for lack of a better word, aren't the sharpest knives in the drawer and they're sort of idiot savants in the fact that they can do brilliant and great work, but, but as far as getting the rest of the world to hear it, yeah. uh, they're not that sharp on and that's one reason why I wanted to do a podcast, give other comics a voice that they can't necessarily be heard from. And yourself as well. Well, yeah, you know, no, like, I mean, like at the end of the day, I, I, you know, I, I want to make sure that, that it's Corktown Radio starring... Dave Martin. Well, like, and, you know I, what, I don't and, think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, no, no, not at all. And, but, but, you know, it's, it's my own disservice that I usually put Paul Irving, Derek Thompson, and, and I usually put myself third. Even. In a featuring role? Uh, yeah, but I'm... I don't want to go into details, but I mean, but I usually put myself third, uh, even though I'm not going to get into my own responsibility for the show. But, um, but yeah, it's it's just I, I wanted people to be able to be heard. That I always like. It's just because, and not to get too sentimental, but one of the first times that I did, I think the very first gl- time that I did Glue Guy in front of a big audience um, was at the Dark Show at the Ripley. It would have been '97 or '98 or something like that. And the two guys that in comedy that I admired most were Boyd Banks and Jack Norman. Right. Um, that after I did that character for the first time, both Jack Norman and Boyd Banks came backstage and said to me, that was the funniest fucking thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, anytime that you want me to go and do that somewhere, um, uh, you are more than welcome to. And uh, it... And still, it's sort of like, you know what, like any CBC bullshit that I've ever done or any Comedy Network bullshit that I've ever done or any Comedy Now bullshit that I've ever done is never going to be more important to me than that moment at the Riv backstage when Jack Norman and Boyd Banks both separately came backstage and said to me, that was the funniest thing I ever saw. And I was like, that... I can't, I can't, you know what, you know, I can't even describe it in, in yeah. words because... Dave's it's, starting to well up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to yeah. thank the Academy, yeah. but it... But it, it, I, it I can't even get fucking Ruby to tell me that. I mean, this is, yeah. No, but, it, but it's, it's just one of those things when someone that you admire so mm-hmm. much, but you don't have the bakshi balls to say, hey, Jack, hey, Boyd, right. you... Um, you, you know, you go out on limbs as far as comedy goes, and you put yourself out there so much. And, and I admire, excuse me for, sorry, I, I've had thro- I, you know what? It, it is like uh, it's well, actually, it's past four twenty. So I guess, I guess, I guess we're gonna see the uh, you know how the, how the digital recording quality of these things captures eruptation of that nature. That's very nice. 
Um, like, right. I like calling out big words where I can't. Eruptation, that's a yeah. verb. The Jekyll and Hyde experience is coming out. Um, <laughs> actually, we didn't, ever, we, we didn't really get even, even into that, is the, the Jekyll and Hyde shows. No, the Jekyll and Hyde shows. Um, which, uh, we'll but any, anyways, anyways the, the idea was we'll have you back I, we'll I, talk I, about I did that character, and it, it meant so much to me that those two guys, Boyd and Jack, came backstage and said to me that that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Right. And it, it's just, it's, it's so rare what, you know, you... Or it, it was just funny to me that like when two guys that you respect and admire so much, and also it's sort of my naivete at the time that I didn't really know these guys so much, but I, I just knew them as these people that I saw on stage. Right. And then as I got to know them more, you know, you saw them more as people, not as just performers. But I, um, yeah, it just it, it, that to me is it was one of the moments where I said. Wow, maybe I'm maybe I maybe am. I'm doing something. Maybe I am right. okay. And then and then you go and like you play, you know, the Ajax Club and eat it, and then you go. Oh, this God, very God. special TVA podcast moment was brought to you by Tampax. <laughs> Tampax was there. Tampax. That's our sponsor now. We can't even get Betty's, and you're going you're going to female hygiene products. The, just making a comment. Uh, the, uh, oh. Actually, the, the, if you actually if you ask right. me what my worst gig was, was probably in Peterborough where. Uh, uh, it was my first road gig with young Glenn Foster, which I showed up in a suit. It was my my. And he was wearing track pants. No, no, Glenn okay. Foster was wearing his traditional uh, his uh, short sleeve button down shirt with the tie. Yes. Where he would the first thing that he would say was, um, "I know I look like the kind of guy that showed up to fix the photocopier." Right. And I would get a laugh, and but I showed up in a suit because I was so used to being doing my Toronto uh, alternative clubs. Where right. I could, hey, I'm you were wearing the uh, the the uh, the white and black shoes. Uh, yeah, I was wearing my two-tone shoes two-tone and shoes. Uh, my green and uh, my uh, my dark green suit. My mm-hmm. very, I, I used to call it Rat Pack, but now I refer to it as a Mad Men shoe. Yes, uh, yeah, the Mad Men suit. Yes. Uh, uh, but, uh, can we can we try and wrap things up? Because oh, the only yeah. thing lower than my pint glass is the battery level. Right. Okay. okay. So, so well, then we have we have one last thing uh, that we do here. I've been talking my ass off, um, and we appreciate that. Thank you, Dave, for coming out. Um, I mean, because the last I, I don't think I even I don't think I even got that offensive either. I don't think I. Other than my Olivia Chow joke and uh, right. my uh, kid with the head chopped off joke, well, we'll give my you John Walsh. We'll have you oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, uh, then go that. Don't way. you worry about that. There's right, a, a myriad. Yeah. There's a myriad opportunities to offend. Uh, this question comes to us from October second, okay. two days ago. Uh, you know, of course, that we do this every uh, every cast. Yes. Yes. Okay. Big so, a uh, big fan of the show. Uh, I've I've listened to many an episode. Yes. Okay. All right. You don't watch them. You just listen. That's good. Well, you know, I, like, what, what's what watching is involved, but I'm, but I, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I listen between uh, moments of me saying, "Who gives a shit?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean that. So you are possible. a listener. Well, no, I, I am. A I listener. was talking about the Simpsons. It's like, oh, I listen to the show, not our show. I I, I, uh, I don't assume anyone comes on and listens to this oh, I, to be. Quite honest. I'm, I'm, no, I, I, I do listen to your show because I'm always and, and, and like and the same philosophy behind my own CorktownRadio.com show. Um, That's is a plug, just, I'm, I'm, I'm always curious. What? And I, sorry, and I bang <laughs> ah, again. I bang on the table again, I, and I apologize about that. And I've had three pints already. So, but I'm, what I'm saying is that I, I like to know that comics are just funny on their own, at least mm-hmm. engaging and interesting. And right, before you, this breaks bad, if I can for Jimmy Pardo's expression, let's go. Let's go. I gotta go. start right, listening to is. Jimmy Pardo too. Yeah, you'd really have to, and then you'll just realize that I really have you to. really have to, and then and then you'll hear it and you'll go, oh, so that's what it should sound like. Like that's mm-hmm. yeah, oh, that's I, it. I Simpsons question. Too. Simpsons question. Okay, so here we are, October second, Thursday. In I Married Marge episode eight F ten, Doctor Hibbert gives Marge what pamphlet 
after uh, telling her she's pregnant? Is it A, so you are going to, uh, so what are you going to tell mom and dad? B, so you've just become another statistic, or C, so you've ruined your life. Uh, so what are you going to tell mom and dad? So you've just become another statistic, so you've just ruined your life. I'm going to say C, so you've just ruined your life. Absolutely C. It is absolutely C. You get one right. There we go. Once again, this is the longest time we've had since a clean clean sweep where everyone gets it. Um, That's it. All right. So You know what I think is one of the most saddest things? Whenever I talk to a comic who does not watch The Simpsons, and and there's been a, a couple of comics that I know who are like... Yeah, I watch The Family Guy, but I can't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't like really the get The Simpsons. Really? I'm like, you know what? I, I, how can you not? Yeah. That's such a. Sus- I, you know what? I don't really write jokes. I just, I don't even have a pen. Oh my I, god! Oh. If I have to hear one comic who just says, "I just like to tell stories." Oh fuck! And then I fucking choke. Oh, really? <laughs> here's a here's a story about someone who's never going to succeed in this business. Yeah. Here's a story about someone I don't find funny. Right. All right. So close it out. We got some music this week. Um, Kisa. Brother Love. Brother, we've had him before, haven't we? We haven't. He's been in the playlist for a long time. I haven't pulled him out yet. Oh, okay. He had okay. His, the song is uh, "Summertime," which this is not not the Porgy. This is the first time you've worn pants this this entire well, season. Well, that's the whole reason I had. Right. Oh, I'm morning summer. I, I hate the fact that I'm wearing pants. So it's going to be Brother Love, Summertime off the pod save. Very Music nice. Network. All right, so we're going to wrap up with that. Dave Martin, once again, thank you for coming down. Hey, thank you guys for having me so much. It's uh, a pleasure. For having, oh, my God. Uh, for having me so much. Is that even proper English? But we have you long time. <laughs> we have you long Just time. Just like Olivia Chow. Just like Olivia Chow. Oh, bowing her head to Emperor Layton. Thank you very much. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum. And if All you right. bring in Emperor Layton, he's going to un- uh, unbind Olivia Chow's right. feet. And, uh, and <laughs> very nice. Uh, all right, so uh, we're going back to Trinity of Spadina, ordering up some uh, chicken balls, fried rice. There we go. Boom. There it is. Darcy, I, didn't know, I didn't even know chickens had balls. They do. They do. They're very small. Uh, Darcy, once again, thank you. Thank you. And uh, this is Tom and Al saying toodles. Ha <laughs> ha.